Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Hi everyone, it's Kareem, the voice of Simon Fairchild and the Eternal Tavern Keeper. Today, I'm here to tell you about Celine, a podcast recently launched on the RQ Network. Step into Celine. A city cloaked in darkness and teeming with horrors. From evil headmistresses to murderous marionettes, black worm parasites, haunted hotels and eerie sleepwalkers. Meet the paranormal investigators of Needle Street, newly arrived to battle the encroaching malevolence. Inspired by Poe, Edward Gorey and Agatha Christie, their adventures promise twisted mysteries and unforgettable characters. Immersive audio brings the city to life, blending dark humor with bone-chilling suspense. Join the investigators as they navigate Celine's shadows, where mystery and intrigue await at every turn. Experience the thrill of Celine in Dolby Atmos. That's S-E-L-E-N-E. Or visit www.rustyquill.com for more information. Rusty Quill presents The Magnus Archives Episode 196 This Old House
Are you going to walk this slow the whole way? Are you going to stay silent the whole way? Perhaps that's because you didn't seem to like what I had to say. No, it's because you weren't really saying anything, were you? It was all just ominous foreshadowing again. Perhaps I was just trying to make things feel... familiar. Perhaps the whole answer a question with a question thing is wearing a bit thin. Besides which, it's a bit late to play coy. You promised me an actual straight answer. You'd have it a lot more quickly if you didn't keep stopping. Hey, this is your magic bubble. You're the one making it so that we're like actually walking, walking all the way to Oxford. So sorry, I've got to sit down occasionally like a human. And the book breaks? It's not like you're entertaining company. And it's nothing to do with the fact that any lost souls in our area also get a break from their torment? Hmm? So what if it does? Is that a problem? Actually, I find it very reassuring. Great, because I'm still going to need to rest. Some of these houses have actual beds, and I haven't slept on a mattress since... So... Hmm. Problem? Did he suffer? Did who suffer? Just answer the question. No. I did it in his sleep. He'd always been accommodating, so I wanted to honour his wishes. That's a shame. Is it? I mean, he seemed nice. To us, at least. And what of his victims? The people whose lives he destroyed? I can't speak for them. I didn't know them, did I? No, you didn't. Is it much further? Less so than last time you asked. Could you just try answering a question properly? Just once? We're close now. Just a few more streets. Thank you. Oh, uh, huh. um. Oh, come on, Martin. You didn't really expect him to find us before we got here, did you? N no. We have a sizable lead, and the camera too, don't forget. Besides, even if he did ride to your rescue, what then? Would you explain to him that you're here of your own free will? I mean, that's a pretty generous way to describe being blackmailed. Oh, it's blackmail, is it? Offering you a way out of all this? You said if I told John or waited, then you'd leave and I'd never know. And you believed me, which was very gracious of you. I shouldn't have. Why not? I didn't lie to you. I do have another option for you. One that means neither of you need to die or be consumed by any dark power. Oh, but you can't just tell me. Or, John, oh, no, no, that would be far too straightforward. I could. But it's much better if you see it for yourselves. And he would not have come willingly. He needs to think he's coming for you. He can see literally everything. I'm sure he probably knows it already. In a way, perhaps. But I guarantee that being here in person is something very different. Come on. Hey, is that... You told me not to bring a tape recorder. No. I said we wouldn't need one. We have plenty of tapes. But We're then... here. This is it. Ah, I forget. You've never actually been here before, have you? Well... 
What do you think? It's... I mean, it's, um... Just a house? Well... Well, yeah. What were you expecting? I don't know, like... Something a bit more dramatic, I guess. We'll see what we can do. Step into my parlour. Fine. Do take a seat. So, what now? I've written you a statement. I would like for you to read it. And if I don't? Then we sit here in silence until the archivist arrives. But I would suggest you do read it. I believe you find it illuminating. <sighs> Screw it. Fine. Fine. Once there was a house. A building that for all it might have looked like those around it was not the same. Stop. No. It didn't start with the house. It was here long before any might have thought of it as a home. Once there was a patch of land, not quite as firm in this reality as that which surrounded it. Stop. No. It's not about the land. Mud and soil has no part in what is there. Once there was a point in space that did not quite obey all those petty rules that decide what can be allowed to happen in a world. Stop. No. It's not a point in space. The earth spins and hurtles through the darkness, but it still carries it along. Let us simply say that once there was a place, a place where the universe had cracked. None of us remember what had caused the crack. Not even those things beyond time who might measure a generation in the echoes of their screams. It had been there as long as they have, if not longer. It's not a large crack, and to walk by it, even through it, you never pause to notice. Perhaps the air around it is slightly thinner, lights slightly dimmer. In the summer, there may be the slightest chill. In the winter, a warmth that is almost unsettling. The fungus that grows in the damp there is somehow more vibrant in its whiteness, while flowers remain duller than those that neighbour them. But these changes are slight, and none have dwelt on them long enough to call the place cursed. Indeed, few have ever thought much of it at all. Perhaps there are many such places across the earth. Perhaps it is unique. Certainly, no one has known either way. The first to build a home upon that spot was named Ioa. He was a Saxon and a coward, who had fled the field against the Mercian king and sought to find his peace there. His squalid little hut was far removed from those of his once kinsmen. Nonetheless, there he lived and worked, and tried hopelessly to forget the stench of blood and rot and the feel of a Sayak's knife in the wound he carried to the end of his life. Did his terror call to him with the drumbeat voice of carnage? Did it sing to him with the squirming melody of decay? Could any have told you the difference? It is strange that a name, a face, a taste of fear should linger through the centuries. And yet I cannot be sure which of them it was that ate so well. Some fears are eternal, but within them lie a hundred titles, whispered in the secret places of every era, of every corner of our world. 
Who can say if any of them are true? Whichever it might have been, they knew Iowa's terrors well. Until he was no longer there. Until he awoke in a place that was a place, but somewhere else. Somewhere the Mercians had pushed further, had taken more. For all his dread of a violent death, his end was quick and clean, and none of his kinsmen ever knew his fate. His hut, left unattended, quickly fell to disrepair, then to collapse. No one used the wood. The grain was warped. Many lived in that spot across the following years, some in peace, some in misery, a few in strangled fear. But none tied their sorrows to the land or the dwelling they might have erected upon it. The village slowly grew and became a more populous town, though not ever a remarkable one. That said, perhaps sometimes in the quiet, those who tried to make it their home might have felt a whisper, an echo of some other place, some place not quite their own, but it never disturbed their sleep. So what does it mean for a place to be haunted? A place can be haunted by someone, some poor soul whose bones lie restless in the shallow soil. It can be haunted by something, some crime or atrocity that indelibly marked itself upon the soul of a spot. But can it be haunted by somewhere? An echo of worlds that are not our own, alien pasts that draw to unknown presence, leaking through the smallest, narrowest crack at the very edge of existence. The closest anyone ever came to knowing was a man named Geoffrey Neckham, a scholar from the university. He bought the house that then sat there from a bow-legged milliner whose name he never bothered to learn, seeking some peace and removal from his more raucous colleagues. He was a man of God, of course, but also a keen master of natural philosophy, a study he put to use when he first felt the oddities that pervaded his new home. The strange drafts that shifted his candle flame, the gentle murmur that almost sounded like voices. Once he even found a new room, though he very wisely did not enter it. His investigations were crude, of course, convinced as he was that it was some working of his god, an unseen passage to a heavenly sphere, perhaps, or, as he more often feared, an infernal one. That said, his observations were surprisingly astute, and his rubric of belief closer to the truth than you might imagine. But Geoffrey Neckham had neither the words to talk of dimensions, nor a mind able to meaningfully conceive of worlds beyond the one within which he lived, and its requisite afterlives, of course. And so, as a result, all his mediations and his intellect ultimately led him nowhere. They were not, however, entirely in vain, because, you see, Geoffrey Neckham lived in fear. There was a reason he chose to live apart from his peers, why he cooked his own paltry meals in privacy and avoided academic meetings. He was certain that his scholastic rivals were somehow plotting against him, weaving intricate schemes to ruin his reputation and cost him his position, even take his life. It was this obsession that first brought him to the attention of Mother of Puppets, the Great Spider, and how we became aware of what this place was, what it might mean. Eventually, the long-awaited knife in the dark did indeed find its way into the belly of Geoffrey Neckham. But by then, his only meaningful work was done, and another, altogether grander plan was now in motion. 
It was no easy task, keeping the place closed through the ages, working all the while to weaken that crack, luring in the servants of other powers and so, in the resulting clash, pressing ever harder against the edges of our reality. For a while, it belonged to a sculptor of puppets, who made his strings from the tendons of those he felt did not appreciate his art, and he would dance them around in a mocking effigy. He was, in time, slain by a crusading hunter of the Reformation, who would let no heresy go unanswered. He was bisected with his own woodsaw. Once there lived there a writer of anonymous letters, who could not have told you where his secrets came from, only that he knew the darkest desires of many souls, and had the wit to use them to their best effect. He was deemed a Civil War traitor, and buried alive deep beneath the house in which he had drawn his schemes, by a man whose teeth were always stained with mud. So many schemers, and spiders, and full-throated monsters, twisting manipulators and furtive liars, each meeting a violent, grotesque end, each widening the crack just a little, until finally, a man named Raymond Fielding, a smiling pillar of the community, who fostered children into food for his grotesque arachnid god, was murdered by flame, immolated by the chosen of the ravening burn. The house of the time was destroyed along with him, reduced to ashes, and with that, the crack finally became a gap. A hole around which time, dimension, and reality began to bend, shudder and leak, an opening into, we believe, other worlds than this tired old thing. It was not wide enough to allow true passage, not yet, save for the odd accident, but it was wide enough for what we now intended. Okay, so... A crack in reality? Oh, it's so much more than a crack now. It's an aching hole, a gaping wound in the very fabric of our world. And a gateway to other dimensions? Not quite yet. Okay. Dramatic enough for you. So this is what you wanted me to see? Annabelle? It's a real shame, you know. I was so looking forward to filling you with spiders. Excuse me? They would have hollowed you out and worn you like a cheery jumper. Uh, right, but since you're telling me, I can assume you're not going to now, right? That's the thing about webs. People get so caught up on how intricate they are, how perfectly constructed, they never consider how flexible they can be. The sort of storm they need to weather. You can't be precious about a single strand. Right, yeah, but I, I, again, because you didn't really answer me, um, filling me with spiders isn't a strand of your web now, right? Um, I, I just want us to be <laughs> absolutely clear on this. Annabelle? No, not anymore. Right, thanks. Sorry. Sorry to interrupt. Uh, just, just checking. <laughs> it's such a shame. There's a time when I was certain you had what it takes to join us. What? Because I like spiders? Well, used to. 
because you always managed to get what you wanted through smiles and shrugs and stammerings that weren't nearly as awkward as they seemed. <laughs> Point taken. But I didn't foresee how deep you would fall into the lonely, or how far the archivist would go to get you back. It made things... awkward. Why are you telling me all this? Because explaining things, giving answers like this, it's not what I am. It's difficult against my nature. And I'm trying to practice. Why? Why do you think? <sighs> Sorry. Okay, let's try a different question. What was your plan? I was going to snatch you away, lure you both into this web, and then take you. Drive him to despair, so that when you return to him, bulging and talking in a thousand tiny voices, it would drive him to a final push. And now? <sighs> Your bond is too complicated. I couldn't drive that kind of risk between you now. I've considered every angle, examined every cause and effect, and have finally come to the conclusion that I... I need to tell you the truth. To explain things. Yeah, but why? Because if I do... You do as I ask. Oh, will we? Yes. He's nearly here. John. Let's make the setting a little more appropriate, shall we? Hey, just, uh, uh, put the camera down, okay? You said you wanted something more dramatic, right? W what? No, 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 wait, 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 wait. Shit, <laughs> <laughs> that's a long way down. Further than you can possibly imagine. Oi! What is this? What do you think? Oh. It's for your safety. So you don't do anything unpredictable. Oh, I'd hate for you to fall. When John gets here, he's going to kill you. As long as he oh. listens to me first, it won't matter. So just listen. Listen, Martin, you what? should know. Yeah, now listen to me. Martin, listen. Wait, wait. The tapes. A fine material to spin a web with, don't you think? What? All this time, through all of this... It, it was just you spying on us. Oh, Martin. You have no idea who's listening, do you? The Magnus Archives is a podcast distributed by Rusty Quill and licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0 International License. Today's episode was written by Jonathan Sims, produced by Lorianne Davis, and directed by Alexander J. Newell. It featured Alexander J. Newell as Martin Blackwood and Chio Manuelioba as Annabel Kane. 
To subscribe, buy merchandise, or join our Patreon, visit RustyQuill.com. Rate and review us online. Tweet us at the Rusty Quill. Visit us on Facebook or email us via mail at RustyQuill.com. Join our community on the Discord via the website or on Reddit at r slash the Magnus Archives. Thanks for listening. Hi everyone, Alex here. I'd just like to take a moment to thank some of our patrons. Demonized Night Killer, Grey Dodgen, Jessica Roden, Catherine Brinker, Lena Vargas, Morgan Souza, My Young Jin, Zuglemoof, Ten and Nut, Alexandra Eles, Andrew Cornfield, Artistic Program, Bonnie Pryor, Charlie Bug, Chomp, Clara Joe Bailey, Cuddly Kraken, Dare, Diz Aster, Evangeline, Friendly Cybird, Gurfalia, Joan Flyvolm, Jordan Graham, Caitlin Cottrell, Kale, Cleffy, Lisa Stafford, Lysel, Mark A. Little II, Marta L, Maya Holloway, Moth Princess, Nora Saban, Robin, Tsuki Mitsukai, UC Story, Abby Norling Ruggles, Aptov, Adrienne Gilavet, Brianna Schaefer, Bryn Klaus, Cara, Carolyn Seidman, Crowley, Emma Armstrong, Jessica and Anthony Moltisanti, Kelwyn Brennan, Kit. Thank you all. We really appreciate your support. If you'd like to join them, go to www.patreon.com forward slash Rusty Quill and take a look at our rewards. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hi everyone, it's Kareem, the voice of Simon Fairchild and the Eternal Tavern Keeper. Today, I'm here to tell you about Divisor, a podcast on the RQ Network. Divisor is a dark science fiction audio drama with elements of horror from Harlan Guthrie, the mastermind behind the unsettling and addictive series Malevolent. In this immersive tale, we follow Sun, a young man who awakens aboard a spaceship bound for Earth on a mission to recolonize a desolate planet. However, Sun's journey takes a sinister turn, and he discovers unsettling truths about his world and himself. The entire series is available for you to listen to now. Search for Divisor wherever you listen to podcasts. That's D-E-V-I-S-E-R. Or visit www.divisor.ca or www.rustyquill.com for more information.